You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously. It doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, back to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Our vow for this podcast is we're going to try to be as quick as possible. Welcome to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by the all-new GMC AT4 lineup. Elliot, 32 teams, 32 thoughts in advance of trade deadline. We start in the Pacific and we'll end up in the Atlantic. Anaheim Ducks, what's the latest? First of all, Jeff won't be screwing around as usual. So (laughs) I do want to make one amendment. Let's do Philly first and then we can go the rest of the way. Fine. Philly first because they're the most pressing team. Giroux, here's where we are. The team left for Ottawa. It was reported on Friday night he wasn't there with them. And if he's still not traded by Sunday, which is their next game, which is the Islanders, he's not going to play that game either. Claude Giroux has told the Flyers he wants to go to Florida. They know he wants to go to Florida. And I think ultimately they will do the right thing by him and send him to Florida. That's my prediction. I could be wrong. That's my prediction. And by the way, I want to say I thought the Flyers did an outstanding job on Thursday night. It was a great night, including his dad reading the lineup card. And I think at the end of the day, they recognize with all of that, that the right thing to do is to full close Giroux's wishes. The thing is, I think they like Colorado's offer better than the Panthers' offer. I think the Panthers are sitting here saying, we know we're kind of in the driver's seat here, so why should we pay too much of a price? And I think Philly has said, I think Philly understands that to some degree, but they're also like, we can't let you grind us that badly. At the end of the day, I think it might not be what the Flyers fans hope to see because I think the Flyers will send him to Florida. But I I do think the Flyers feel the Panthers have been too, I don't know if I want to say greedy, but they've probably been too tight-fisted on the offers they want to make. And I think Philly wants to make them a little bit better. That's where I think it is. I think he ends up in Florida. I just think the Flyers want the Panthers to get a bit more serious in their minds about what to give up. First class job by the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night. Tremendously done by that organization. Okay, before I was so rudely interrupted by your editorializing, uh, we'll start in the Pacific and we'll uh, we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. What's the latest on Hampus Lindholm? I woke up on uh, Friday. Thank you to some notes uh, that uh, talks between the Ducks and Hampus Lindholm I don't know if they ended or there was a deadline or what exactly the situation was. Obviously, I'm not in the room, but I heard they got to a point on Thursday night where everybody realized it wasn't going to work. So barring a change, it would be a real sudden surprising change. Lindholm is going to get traded. There was somebody who told me Thursday night they thought Raquel might resign. There was someone else who told me Thursday night that it's not going to happen. You know, the same agent, Claude Lemieux, represents both players, and he's not talking. But it just sounds like both of these guys are going to be moved. Real quick question. They move Hampus Lindholm. Does that open the door even more for a Jacob Chicken trade to Anaheim? You know, you've been the one on top of that. It makes sense, but, you know, there's a lot of teams going for Chicken. Calgary Flames to Brad Treliving after uh, making the move for Cali Youngcroke. Are they done? You know, the one thing I wonder about the Flames is a guy like Lindholm. Just because Bob Murray's there now, Daryl Sutter was a consultant or mentor to the Anaheim staff 
when Dallas Aikens first got there. They've played a lot against him being in the same division. Tree Living likes to be on in everything. I worry about their chemistry. Don't fool around with it. They have a great chemistry. But there's a lot of connections there to Lindholm. And sometimes it makes me think, does a team think about it for that reason? Edmonton Oilers, are they done? It sounds like they're going with the goaltenders. Is this the roster, though? I think so. There might be a tweak here and there. Like, you know, you were the one who reported Dean Kukin the other night. Um, You know, someone sent me uh, a note in the game last night against Washington. You know, he accidentally scored on his own net. I don't make fun of him. That happens from time to time. He's a good player. But someone sent me a note I, I thought I would share with you. He said that he was so upset when... Jeff said that he could be going to Edmonton. He decided to sabotage the trade. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. I don't think Edmonton does anything major. I think if they do anything, it's a depth move. Los Angeles Kings. I think they're very active behind the scenes. I think they've talked to the Canucks about Garland. Uh, I think that's a guy they want to do. You know, they have some injuries. Arvidsson's out. You know, I think they want to add. I think they want to reward their fans. They want to reward their players. They've earned it this year with the way they've played. I'm not convinced they want to trade their first rounder. I think Vancouver wants a first rounder, so that'll be a grinding negotiation there. But I, I do think the Kings are active, and I think Garland is one of the guys they've talked about. A couple of things there. I wonder about Brock Besser, considering what he can do to a sagging power play that we've seen so far. And secondly, it was nice to see Alex Edler yes. uh, back in the lineup last night for the Los Angeles Kings. That was, that, that was good to see. I would say this about Besser. I think the issue with Besser is that I think anybody who trades for him wants to extend them, and I'm just yeah. not sure there's going to be time. Uh, San Jose Sharks, they made the big move and re-upped with Thomas Hurdle. Anything else for Joe Will? I don't know if there's anything else hugely pressing. That's a big victory for Joe Will and the Sharks. You know, Will especially made it very clear he wasn't trading him, and, and he was going to sign him, and they got it done. That's what San Jose wanted. And I know people are looking at it saying this is another eight-year deal for an older player. Yes, I get it. I think all the questions are valid. But the organization set this as a target. This was what mattered to them. They wanted to show their fan base that they weren't punting on hurdle and trying to win uh, as quickly as possible. They did that in their market. That's a big deal. It's important to them. I understand the business reasons. Sometimes, you know, we forget that, you know, sports supposed to be a game, but they're a business first and foremost. And the Sharks like Hurdle. And there were reasons that they did this to their market. And the biggest deal is what Hurdle's contract is going to do to the market, to Johnny Goudreau, to uh, Philip Forsberg, to JT Miller, to Nazem Kadri. I think if they do anything, you know, I think it's going to be more, it's going to be smaller. However, the one thing I wonder about at the end of the year is Vlasic. If this continues, I wonder if he gets a buyout. Hmm. There's a few uh, players like that around the NHL we'll get to over the course of this podcast. Uh, In Seattle, I don't think it's an everything-must-go sale, but they are open for business. Their latest business, uh, re-upping with Jared McCann and trading Callie Yarncroke to the Calgary Flames. What about the Kraken? You know, someone sent me a note this morning, Montreal screwed everybody. They they got too good a return. For Sherratt. So, you know, Rod Francis wants a first rounder for Giordano. I think he's very much on Toronto's radar. I think Kyle Dubas has made it very clear to everyone he does not want to trade his first rounder. He's got to find another way around that or change his mind. Like, I think the teams that are looking for left hand D. So, when you're talking about guys like Lindholm and you're talking about guys like Giordano, I think it's Toronto. I think it's Boston. I think it's St. Louis. And I think it's potentially LA. So I think those are the teams we're kind of looking at here. I'm not, you know, Carolina, I've been talking about with D2, and I think they are interested. I think they want to look at things, but I'm, I'm not sure they want to pay for a rental. I, I, I'm really not. So I think it's, you know, what's the best package that Francis can get for Giordano? That's what he's focusing on right now. Tough loss for the Vancouver Canucks Thursday night, one nothing at the hands of uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, we've talked plenty about Vancouver all season long, and specifically since Jim Rutherford took over, what do you see happening with them come Monday? Well, like I said, I think there's some Garland LA talks going on right now. We'll see if that goes to any fruition. I don't think Miller's getting traded. Besser is complicated one. I wondered if Shen might go up a bit because the, the offers for him might go up because he's on such a good contract for next year. I was told it's still more likely than not that he stays uh, in Vancouver. You know, the one guy there is Mott. I mean, Halak, at this point in time, he hasn't waived, 
but I just don't know if the interest is there the way it's unfortunately it's gone for him this year. Obviously, the one we'll probably be talking about the most is Mott. Vegas Golden Knights and the latest news, and we're still waiting to hear an update. Jack Eichel left the game last night and did not return. That would add to the injury woes. Unbelievable. I know. They did welcome back Yanmark and, and Howden um, and Derek Pouliot uh, showed up in the NHL, played for Vegas last night. What happens here? Vegas is perhaps the most interesting team come Monday now. That was a huge win for them. Like just a ginormous win. The Panthers they beat. Pierre DeBoer went all 1990s Pat Quinn. The world is against us. They hate us. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, this is a David versus Goliath kind of thing, right? I mean, no one's given us a chance to win this game. So, you know, that's a, that's, that's a mentality we have to take and, and come in and, uh, and have a real good game. It was pretty good, I gotta say. It was, uh, it, it was, it was very well done. Sure. So I heard the broken kneecap report, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I was careful with it because one of the things about Leonard is, you know, he's been upset about how his injuries have been reported this year. So you got to be careful until you get the confirmation. Like I had heard he was probably going to be out for the year, but then Leonard came out yesterday and said that's not true. I may not be out for the year. And so it's always tough. You, you got to be really careful with this kind of thing. I just think the Golden Knights are trying to establish timelines. You know, I wondered if there was any chance they might be a seller. They might just simply say with all the injuries, that's not our year. But I don't get that mm. impression. Who's the owner there again? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like sometimes, like they've never been in this position before. So you never know how a team is going to react. But I was kind of wondering about it. But that win kept them alive and... And now, you know, we're recording this in the morning after Eichel looks like he might have, like, broken his hand or something. So, you know, who knows what all this means? But the fact is, Jeff, that I think injuries are going to determine all of their timelines. And I think they're looking at a goalie. And if they have to do that, and that might be their most pressing need. That's the Pacific onto the Central. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences, People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Elliot, we'll start with the Arizona Coyotes. We've talked so much about Jacob Chikrin and the Arizona Coyotes, but there are other names, and I believe that, you know, Carl Vimelka may be one of them. What do you hear about the Yotes? The big one's going to be Chikrin. Is Chikrin going to be the guy? That's kind of what I look at here. It's a really interesting situation, Jeff, because sometimes when a guy gets hurt around the deadline, it throws the whole thing into chaos. And even though it doesn't appear to be as bad as it could have been, it's still a little bit of that here. The thing is, if you're a contender and you like Chikrin, you know that there are teams, as you've mentioned, Anaheim, and the other team, I think, is Columbus, have really looked at it. And, you know, you could lose him to a team that's not going to make the playoffs this year. So now you're sitting there saying, oh, God, you know what? I probably have to do this. Mm -hmm. I think Boston's around there. I think St. Louis has been around there. You know, the thing I've heard about Columbus is they're not crazy about giving up a first-round pick this year or next. You know, that's one of the issues I've heard with the Blue Jackets. But they've been around there on this. I'm not so sure yet about Vimelka. We call it riding the Ferris wheel because the agent is Darren Ferris. That's what Arizona is doing right now. They're riding the Ferris wheel with Vimelka. We'll see what happens there, but I think they do want to sign him. I think that's their goal, so I would be surprised if he was traded. Chicago Blackhawks. 
So Chicago's made its first move. They've traded Brandon Hagel to Tampa Bay with two fourth-round picks for two firsts, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. And basically what this is, is it's a situation where they look at their readiness to win. Hagel is signed to a great contract, two more years at 1.5. This is what Chicago was telling us. Kyle Davidson has said this is a rebuild. And by the time that Hagel's contract is done, this excellent contract they signed him to, they're not going to be ready to win. So why not maximize the return and send him somewhere that is more ready to win? And they asked a high price. Like if you look at it, they got two firsts and two players for them that are going to play for Chicago right away. I heard that what they were asking was big. I think Toronto was one of the teams that was around there. And I think when you look at Toronto here, like you're trying to look at what they got, Chicago, and what Toronto had to offer. Tampa offered two firsts. Toronto, they probably asked for nice. I would think they asked for nice, and I just don't think Toronto wants to do that. So you have to look at all the other teams out there and see who they have that was comparable that Chicago would ask for. I don't think Toronto was doing that. I think Tampa Bay was willing to pay that price. They want to win again. He fits in a perfect identity of what the Lightning are trying to do. I see exactly why Chicago did this. This is going to help them, and as Davidson called it, their rebuild. And they were swinging for the fences. They were not trading Hagel unless they were getting a lot. The other thing for Chicago I think they look at in this trade, Jeff, is that Brandon Hagel's 23. He just had a breakthrough season. If you take a look at his shooting percentage in his NHL career, last year, nine goals in 52 games, 10%. This year, 21 goals in 55 games, 22%. That's outstanding. I think what they're hoping for is they're saying, look, Boris Kachuk is 23 years old. He'll be 24 in June. Taylor Radish, he just turned 24 uh, earlier this year. They're hoping that these turn into their Brandon Hagels. Guys who weren't going to get a lot of opportunity in Tampa simply because there were too many good players. They're on low-level contracts, entry-level contracts. They're going to have opportunity here to be successful. And I think that's the way Chicago looks at it. They're hoping these two players with more opportunities will be their Hagels. You know, the other one is Flurry. It'll be interesting to see now... You know, how does this affect his decision? It doesn't change the goalie market at all, but how does this affect any decision that Fleury will have to make? You know, Vegas has said they're not doing this. Toronto has said, well, Toronto hasn't said anything publicly aside from we like our goaltending. I think they looked into it, but again, I don't think it's something that they want to do. I think they'd rather solve this one internally. The belief is Campbell's coming back. Washington has been around it. We've all talked about how Fleury isn't sure he can wrap his head around it. I don't know. There's some teams that aren't crazy about trading for goaltending at this time of the year. I find this one a little harder to read, but I am curious, Chicago's veteran players, how are they going to react to this? I think as for franchise direction, though, it's exactly what Chicago needs to do and wants to do. Let's get to Colorado then. What do we see with the Avs? We've uh, we've kind of married them uh, along with the Florida Panthers to Claude Giroux. What do they do now? Now, they've already made the Josh Manson deal, but we don't think that they're done by any stretch. You know, I think Colorado, look, they're looking for another forward. They haven't given up on uh, Giroux. I don't think it'll be them. I think Giroux's going to Florida, but I think they haven't given up. I think that's the kind of swing they want to take. You know, I think they're around on cop. You know, you've mentioned Max Domi. I think they're going to add another forward. There's, to me, I, I don't think they're done. This is their year. I, I think they're going for it. And I think we're in a situation where we should watch them. Like Hellison, I heard, and some people told me it was probably true, that he saw how packed that team was. And he was like, you know what? I, I'm not sure it's the right path for me. And I think that's one of the reasons they traded him was they knew he might prefer a more, I wouldn't say easier opportunity, but a more open opportunity somewhere else. I don't think they want to trade Byram. I don't think they want to trade Newhook. I don't think they want to trade Barron. I've wondered about a guy like Shane Bowers. I mean, there's another talented young player who's kind of blocked a bit, right? So that's the kind of decisions I think they're considering, but I think they're going to go out and try to get another forward. One other thing for Colorado too, we should mention, uh, they also made the uh, the Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm 
deal. Dallas Stars overtime win against the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday. Of note there, Elliot, John Klingberg with a pair of goals, including the OT winner. Uh, he needed that. The Stars needed that. What happens with them come trade deadline? All of a sudden, the Stars have gotten really interesting. They don't want to trade Klingberg. They've re-signed Pavelski. I'm really curious about Radulov because the Rangers are a team that's had interest in him. They're not trading Holdby, and, you know, Holdby is trying to get healthy. There was some worry that Holdby might not be able to play, and I, and I checked on Thursday, and I was told, you know, don't go with that. It's not true. They're working on it. But, you know, Holdby is still not 100%. You know, they put Sakara on waivers, so they, they, that'll create some cap room for them, assuming he clears. This has not been a great trip for them so far. They got shut out in Toronto. Montreal's kind of revived, but that was an overtime win for them. The math is really good for Dallas. Now, you've got to win those games, but their math is really good. And all of a sudden, it looks like Dallas has gone from seller to potentially buyer in just a couple of days. It's really been interesting to see that transformation. Uh, Minnesota Wild, this has to be a go-for-it year for the Minnesota Wild, given the cap nightmare they have on the horizon starting next season. True? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, one guy I kind of wondered about for them was Austin Watson. I think they want to add some edge. I'd heard Dvorak, they can't fit it, and that was also a while ago. I think they're looking to add some beef on defense and up front. You know, Austin Watson would make some sense for them. I think they were looking for like a Ben Sherratt-type player on defense, but like someone with a bit of edge to them. I'm not expecting major surgery. I heard he looked at the goaltending market, but like Ken Holland, didn't like the prices. I think they're probably depth moves for them. I could see a guy like Austin Watson being one of their targets. What about the Nashville Predators? Uh, They follow alphabetically. What happens with David Poyle's team? It's a good question. I mean, the number one thing is Forsberg. You know, I heard the hurdle contract complicated matters. It probably moves Forsberg's number up. I don't think they're trading him. I think they're keeping him. And, you know, I think here we go. And they try to get him signed. Look, I'll say this. Like, I don't think it's always easy, but I do think Forsberg wants to stay there. And I think they want him to stay. That's kind of where we are. You know, the rest of the roster, I've heard depth moves for them. Somebody told me to watch like a guy like Freddie Meyer. You know, he's a guy that could go out and, you know, somebody else come in. David Poyle is not afraid to make big swings, but I'm not expecting that here. Could be wrong, but I'm not expecting that. Talking about big swings, uh, let's get to Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues. Um, they've been attached to a lot of names, most notably defensemen, whether it's Jacob Chikrin or Ben Sherratt. What happens with the Blues here? This one's going to be fascinating. Doug Armstrong has told people he thinks his team is good enough to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think they are. The issue there is he doesn't have a lot of flexibility. I think he's trying to move money out. You know, I wonder about a Scandella. McEachern is a guy that, you know, I, I think they've looked at too. You know, Frank Saravelli reported Bennington. It makes sense. That would move out money. And for the moment, uh, he lost his job. I would be very interested to see how Bennington's going to react to that. Um, he's got a lot of pride. You know, he's one of my favorite players to watch because, you know, he's a guy obviously who succeeded a little bit late and he's he's got that chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how he's going to react to that news. You're just waiting for him to finally get the fight that he's been itching for for about five years. <laughs> Maybe it happens now. Who knows? But that kind of idea makes sense for what I think St. Louis is trying to do mm-hmm. because I think they're trying to add Chikrin they've been in on. He doesn't like rentals. No. Remember when he traded for Scandella, he extended him, right? When he traded for Bomeister, he kept them, right? I think if he knew he could trade for someone and extend them, I think that would really be something he likes. Look, I think he's in on Lindholm too. Like those kinds of players are the, are, are the players he wants. You know, he believes in his team's culture. And if he can move money out, trying to trade for Lindholm and extending him. Mm-hmm. The other one I should mention there, I'm mentioning Provorov's name, not because I'm convinced he's getting traded, but because that's the kind of player that I could see St. Louis being interested in, and they have a coach who knows him. Winnipeg Jets, we've talked a lot about Andrew Kopp, but is there more? I don't know if there's more right now. I think their big decisions come in the summer. Look, you know, we talked about this, about, you know, Winnipeg and Vancouver, you know, all the losses, they're around the race. The math, that's a tough one, as you said, for Vancouver last night. The math is not good uh, for Winnipeg. 
I think the offers on COP, my guess, and this is purely my guess, I think the offers on COP will be too difficult to pass up. Mm. I just think they're going to intensify, and you know you're probably not going to keep them, right? But, boy, if I was wrong on that and they kept them to make a run for the playoffs, depending on, like, they play Boston Friday night, I could be wrong, but I, I think they end up trading them. Let's get to the Metro. Eastern Conference, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. They've been attached to a lot of, you know, most specifically defensemen all season long, Elliot. What do we expect out of Don Waddell? Like the Hurricanes are good enough to win. They know that. I think there are people in the organization who look at it like, we have a chance to win this year. Let's go for it. And I think they are considering that. I don't think they're too crazy about paying a ton for rentals, but I do think there are people in the organization who are like, if we can upgrade our defense a little bit, you know, we have a real shot here. So I think that's what they're going to look at doing is upgrading their D and going for it that way. I'm just really curious to see how high a price they'll pay for a rental. You know, they're a smart organization and they kind of look at it like, is there a rental who's worth, say, a first round pick? And I think philosophically, some of that argument is no, but they also know they're good enough to win and they have prospects they believe in coming. So I think they try to add D because they think they're good enough. Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, you know, the interesting name attached to them is, as you mentioned earlier, Jacob Chikrin. Uh, I've reported on Max Domi, who's looked real good uh, in the last little while specifically. What happens with CBJ? I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I think Yarmo Kekalainen has a chance to get a spotlight on this. He's willing to do a lot of things. Um, you know, he's willing to trade people out and he's willing to acquire, like we talked about Chikrin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that if they could get a good player with term, a player that they like, who they think fits with them for a few years, they could do that. It wouldn't surprise me, for example, if, you know, some of these uh, Vancouver players who have term that are potentially available you know, that they were looking at that if they thought they could help them for a while. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they know they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but they have a lot of assets and they want to get better. So I think he could be involved both as a seller and potentially a buyer. It may not happen, but I think he's kind of got that philosophy. Like you said, he's got a lot of pieces he could move, Kukan, Domi, players like that. I wouldn't be surprised if a young player with term got traded if Columbus was on the receiving end of that. New Jersey Devils and Tom Fitzgerald. They have pieces to move. Blackwood's health, I don't know what his situation is going to be. He's available. It's been a really hard year between the Devils and Blackwood. You know, whenever somebody changes agents, as Blackwood has, I always look at it and wonder, okay, you never change agents because you're happy with your current situation, right? Mm-hmm. You're all you change agents when you're looking for a change. Number one, I think the injury situation with him this year has been hard. You know, I think they've had difficulties, and, and I'm not saying anyone's right or anyone's wrong because I don't know, but I think they've had difficulties getting on the same page. So that's one problem. The vaccination issue was another problem. It caused a strain. It affected their season. I just think it's been a really hard year between Blackwood and the Devils. And I think everybody has to figure out where they want to go here. Can it be repaired? Does it have to be a trade? Can he even play this year? What's the story there? Like the Devils have to sort out their goaltending. I think that's the the number one priority because obviously Bernier's hip and health is a, is a question too. Yeah. The rest of it, you know, Severson's heading into the last year. What's his future? I think they're looking for some wingers to play with their really talented centers. You know, New Jersey is a team that believes it's better than its record shows. They believe they're better than they are. And they point to their result against Colorado the other night as kind of proof of it. But you have to sort out the goaltending. And I and I think that's probably priority number one for them. Safe to say Pavel Zaka's name will pop up between here and Monday? Yes, I think that's true. You know, we've talked about Vancouver. We've talked about Montreal. I'm sure there's more.
anything to the Ty Smith whispers that are out there? I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by it considering how young he is and what the position is. But before we get to the Islanders, you have anything on Ty Smith? I think it's something that's not impossible. A year ago, I would have been shocked at that. I've just heard it's not impossible. I don't know how likely it is, though. Mm-hmm. Islanders, now, you know full well that anything you say now <laughs> will probably end any discussion of that person because it's Lou Lamarillo. But what about the Islanders? Well, I'd heard Varlamov's name, and then someone told me the other day that they'd heard that Varlamov was staying, but I, I think he'd been out there or, or talked about with him. But someone called me the other day and said they don't think he's going to end up moving. You're right. It's Lamorello. Who knows? The names out there that have the most traction are Clutterbuck. There's been some Parise. He's trying to win a Stanley Cup. I could see Lou Lamorello doing Zach Parise a favor and saying, is there somewhere you want to go where you think you can win? Because he doesn't have a big number and he can fit in a couple places up and down the lineup. So that's another name I would wonder about there. I mean, you know, my 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 thing with Chara, just wondering if Toronto... Oh, get a room. Get a room, you two. I mean, but it would be... I mean, it's up to Chara. Does he want to go anywhere? Does he want to stay? You know, mm-hmm. people listen to him. So those are the kinds of things I'm looking at with the Islanders. New York Rangers have all been about it this season. Uh, we talked about how this season may be some found money for them, arriving two years before they thought they would be here, but they're here. So what does Chris Drury do? You got Vetrano. I like Vetrano. Vetrano ran out of room in Florida simply because of roster and cap space. It's not like he's a bad player. I still think he's in on the the D, all those left-hand D that we've talked about. And, you know, I've heard he made a pitch for Radulov. So this is a go-for-it year for the Rangers. I think they're also looking at players that don't jam up their cap anymore for next season. They've got some things they have to deal with there. So I I think they're going to look at some more rentals. Philadelphia Flyers, and we talked about Claude Giroux off the top of the show, but there are other interesting players here who may be moved. And I'll tell you what, like, and again, last night before I went to bed, having a conversation with someone who's talking about circling around Travis Sanheim, there are so many people that I talk to that keep bringing up Sanheim around the Philadelphia Flyers, Elliot. What do you hear? What do you know? You know, like I said, they're trying to get Giroux to Florida, but I, I think they want to get a better offer. The Ristolainen thing, someday I'm going to, when this is all over, I'm going to pump Chuck Fletcher full of truth serum and say, (laughs) take me through the last two months. Because people were convinced Ristolainen was getting traded. And then he kind of refocused and said, no, we want to keep him. Sanheim's name has been out there. However, people have told me he plays with Ristolainen. They've made a commitment to Ristolainen. Why wouldn't they keep Sanheim? To me, it comes down to Sanheim or Provorov. And again, this is me talking, my thing. Provorov's name is out there a little bit. I'm not sure it'll be now. They're at a crossroads with Provorov, and he's at a crossroads with them. He's a talented guy who's regressing, and everybody here has to figure out why. It's never one person's fault. I'm sure some of it's environment. I'm sure some of it's him. I think the question becomes, what do they do with him long-term? And if they decide that Provorov's going to move, I don't understand why they wouldn't keep Sanheim. And if they decide Sanheim's going to move, boy, if you're trading Provorov, you know, all of a sudden you've got two pretty big holes on your defense. What are you doing there with a team that says it wants to compete? And Braun's going to be gone too, I think, one way or the other. So that's my question is, what is the long-term vision? Because I can't imagine... I mean, if it does, I would like to see what it is. But how would you do a long-term view without Sanheim, Provorov, and Braun? It just, especially with Ellis's health the way it was this year, I, I kind of look at it like, how do you make that work here? So I got to think if Provorov's long-term going, Sanheim's got to be long-term staying. Other team in the Keystone State, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I'm of the belief that they're looking for a defenseman who can move his feet and in our last text exchange last night before we uh we packed it in i was wondering to you about someone like nick letty who was uh, held out of thursday's game against the vancouver canucks i'm hearing penguins and again defensemen that can move what do you hear about pittsburgh so they're not training for brian burke is that what you're telling me (laughs) uh you know that makes a lot of sense it sure does i've heard that they just don't want to tinker they think they've got a really good chemistry they got a big win in st louis 
They lost in Nashville, but they played really well. They're they're better than the sum of their parts. They've got a great coach and they got a great leader. And you know everybody there plays hard and falls in line. I don't think they want to screw around with that too much. Mm-hmm. If they tinker, I think they'll tinker like you're saying, like something like that. Uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, we most recently talked about Max Domi and the Caps. What else is out there? Well, I think they're going to add a couple weeks ago when they were losing all those games at home. I think Brian McClellan was not sure. He made the Western road trip with them. He liked what he saw. You know, they're happy with Vanacek. Vanacek has really stabilized them, but I still think they're going to try to add, you know, Flurry or another goalie. They've been looking at a depth forward. Domi, I've, I heard the same as you. I, I heard Domi potentially there. I think they were interested in Yarncroke. Uh, obvious Peter Laviolette connections. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Austin Watson earlier with uh, with Minnesota. I think that's another guy that fits Washington's mold. A, a tough forward, and also there's a Laviolette connection there, right? So you know, I do think they're going to try to add another forward and potentially a goalie. So I think they're going to be active. Ah, Elliot, yet another start to another week. Now, other than the 32 Thoughts podcast, there's eh, not much else really to look forward to. Jeff, you are forgetting about Montana's daily deals. Their chicken wings are double dusted in-house, cooked to a golden crispy finish, and they're half price on Mondays. Uh, half price? Half price every Monday and sauced however you like them. Well then, head on down to Montana's Barbecue and Bar for half price wings every Monday. The only other thing exciting about Mondays. Some conditions apply. Visit montanas.ca for details. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is... People will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Uh, that's the Metro. Let's get to the Atlantic, uh, starting with the Boston Bruins. Uh, and what's the one lesson that Boston's learned in the last couple of seasons about playoffs, Elliot? You need to have a lot of D. A lot of D. Are they hunting for D? They're hunting for D. At Boston, I think, is a chance to be really busy. I, I think, you know, they've been in on Chikrin. I think they're in on Giordano. I think they're in on Lindholm. Cop is a kind of guy that fits what they do. I think they've checked in on the Vancouver guys. I think Don Sweeney has a lot of oars in the water. Now, I've asked about, you know, David Krejci. You know, his season ended in the Czech League the other day. You know, could he come back? So far, I don't really have a clear answer on it. And he's got to clear waivers. So that's a tricky one, too. And, you know, the league will be on alert for this kind of thing. Like someone asked me, could say Arizona or Montreal pick him up on waivers and then trade him to Boston. Everybody's all over this situation watching for any kind of circumvention to block it. I I love these creative ideas, but believe me, I've already had teams saying there's no way that's going to be allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. I would like the carnage of it, but you know, (laughs) people are watching out for this. There's no question. But as a matter of fact, one GM, he laughed. He said to me, if Montreal was to do that, say, or Arizona was to do that for argument's sake, I would trade them a first rounder to not trade them to Boston. (laughs) Like it was just funny. Everybody was just kind of laughing about it. I had a conversation with someone about Bergeron this week because when they went into the bubble, people told me Bergeron was going to retire. He didn't want to play if it was going to be like this. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen. And at the end of last year, they left up to Bergeron again. He came back and obviously it didn't happen. And I think the Bruins, what they do is they just say to Patrice, it's your call. We want you to play. We love you. We want you to play forever. But they know it's his decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing, though, that someone said to me was, 
Bergeron has kind of always said, I'm only going to play as long as I feel I'm at an elite level. And he's having an elite season. So it's up to him. His body's been through a lot. But they kind of look at it like every year we try to win because we don't know how much longer we're going to have this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to take some big swings. DeBrusque, I just heard it hasn't changed. That um, even though he'd like to be traded, the Bruins have said we're trying to win this year and we're not going to make ourselves worse. To Bergeron, he's going to win the Selkie again this year. I think like, he will. Talk about going, he's winning the Selkie. That's the kind of season he's having. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, a couple things here. I look at the Sabres and I say they could be the, will hold some money to help facilitate a trade team. And also, you know, I wonder about Craig Anderson and whether they just go to him and say, what do you want to do? What do you hear about the Swords? Colin Miller is one. I've heard Mark Pesic, uh as another, like just talented players who, who fill holes. Anderson... As we stand here, it's going to be up to him. First of all, they have to get, they would have to get blown away with an offer to even go to him. And then it's going to be up to him. The thing I've heard about Anderson is they really feel he's been good for their culture. And I think they would like to keep him if they can. Yep. And that's pretty much where it stands, I think, with him. I hear the same thing. Uh, Detroit Red Wings could be a busy team, Elliot. We uh, mentioned Nick Letty earlier. That isn't the only name that's out there for Detroit, though. The thing with Iserman is that he doesn't think like a lot of us do. A lot of us think this. Iserman doesn't think like that. He He's very analytical, determined in his thinking. And he's not afraid to make decisions that the rest of us aren't willing to make. Like one of the reports out here is that it's anybody but Cider and Raymond. And, you know, I said, you know, they can't be talking about Larkin, can they? The guy's having an unbelievable season and he clearly loves being a Red Wing. And, you know, someone just said to me, like, who knows Iserman? He said, don't necessarily say that Larkin would get traded because I think it would take an unbelievable offer for Iserman to consider that. But don't fall into the trap of putting your thoughts on the way Iserman thinks. And I think that's a good way to kind of look at him. I don't think Larkin's getting traded. Uh, I think Iserman's invested a lot into Larkin, but I think that he wouldn't be as close to it for the reasons that a lot of us would be close to it. And that's one thing you have to remember when thinking about what Iserman and Detroit might do. That's the way I look at it. I look at it from outside and say, no way, no chance, Larkin. And I think that's the most likely answer. But Iserman wouldn't be as afraid to do something like that as I think a lot of other people would be. You know, uh, further to your point about Steve Eisman, what was the trade that shocked us all last year? Mantha for Verana. Yeah, that one came out of nowhere. McClellan's a pretty quiet guy, too. You know, yeah. that, that happens, yes. Okay, Florida Panthers, uh, the obvious is Claude Giroux. Is there more, Elliot? Is there more? We just saw them, of course, making the move for Ben Sherratt. Um, is there anything other than a potential Claude Giroux trade? I think until we get the, the Giroux one sorted out, I, I, I think we're in a holding pattern. Because it's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, 8.25, so until we get that sorted out, I just don't think we know. All right, Montreal Canadiens. First of all, welcome back, Jake Allen. Yeah, it was great. It, despite it was you know a losing effort by the Montreal Canadiens, great to see Jake Allen healthy enough to play again. What do we expect out of Kent Hughes come Monday? Montreal, this is what Kent Hughes has taught us in his short time as a GM. He sets a target, and if you don't hit his target, he's not making the deal. He set the target for his want for Sherratt. He got it, and he made the deal. That's the thing with Petrie. You know, all eyes have been on Dallas if they're going to do that. I don't know if it's going to happen. But basically, Ken Hughes has said, give us what we want and we'll do it. Don't give us what we want and we won't. And I think that's the case with guys like Lekkonen. You know, I thought it was interesting. He said that Jake Allen's going to stay the rest of the year. I wondered if someone would take a run at him. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest storyline in Montreal is not a trade story. It's a can carry price play story. Because if Carey Price can come back and play a few games this year, then we'll see what happens with him in the offseason. If he can't come back and play, then that's one of the reasons I think they want to move the Shea Weber contract, because what happens if Price can't play either? And I think we should watch for Arizona, for example, with the Shea Weber contract. But I think there's a situation that he said, here's the prices. If you reach them, I'll deal these guys. If not, I won't. And I think his price is high on Lekkonen too. Ottawa Senators, 
There's a couple of decisions here. Uh, Nick Paul may be front and center right now. The magic number I've heard with Nick Paul is three or as close to three as you can possibly get. Uh, you know, I've heard that on the open market and, I, and I've asked other teams about this. I said, could you see Nick Paul getting to three million a year? And, and some teams said they'd all probably want to keep it to like two, eight, five or max or stuff like that. But when you get a bidding war and you could get one for him, then, you know, it can happen. Ottawa's continued to make uh, moves. I think they're, I don't know if I would call them incremental, but I don't think they're in that range. Now, Nick Paul, do, do I think all things being equal, he wants to be Ottawa Center? Yes. Yes, I do think he wants that. So sometimes you just say, look, I want to be here. Let's make the deal. And I think it's possible that could happen. But right now, from what I understand, they're just not close enough as we mm. tape this on Friday morning. I think that could change. Maybe Paul says, just do it. I don't know what's going to happen here, but they're not there yet. And there is a lot of interest. Real quick, Anton Forsberg, does he go by Monday? I'm not convinced he will. You know, especially, you know, Murray's hurt again. Yep. Ottawa has a lot of picks and prospects. They sure do. And, you know, do you look at it and say, we have to give our, you know, you don't have Matt Murray. You're not sure where you are with Gustafson. You know, do you want to continue looking at Forsberg? And also, you have to give your fans a reason to come to the building. You aren't making the playoffs this year. Your fans and your players are frustrated with what's going on. Do you have to give them a chance to win some games? And right now, Forsberg's the guy. I think about it like a lot of fans do at times too, like just trade, trade, trade. But sometimes you have to think of it from a business point of view. And the business point of view with Forsberg is if we win games, do we make our players feel a little bit better? Do we make our fans feel a little bit better? And the cost of that is important because it goes into your season ticket sales. It goes into the overall feeling around the team. You know, I would be curious to think, know if Ottawa thinks there's there's a shot that Giroux plays there next year. Oof. You know, nobody's going to talk about that now, but I have wondered about that. What are the chances that, you know, this summer, you know, he's got he's got a tie in there. He lives not far from the rink. Yeah. This is just me talking out loud. Play junior at Gatineau. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are they waiting to take a shot at him? Interesting situation there. A couple more teams before we wrap up here. Uh, getting you all set for trade deadline on Monday. Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm having a hard time believing they're not going to make some kind of move, Elliot. Well, Jeff, you were right. They did do something. They went out and they got Brandon Hagel. That is the perfect kind of player that Tampa would want. What is different between this year and last year? They lost three players in Goudreau, Coleman, and Gord who had that kind of identity. And now you bring in Hagel, who's not only got that kind of identity, but he's signed for two more years at a manageable number. You know, they gave up a lot to get him in terms of futures and picks, but Tampa doesn't care about that. They care about winning, and this player is going to help them win. You know, our good buddy Irv Kafar had mentioned Mott. You know, some other people suggested maybe like Zach Parise would be a fit for them. This is a perfect, perfect Tampa player, and it's totally what you would expect them to do. I'm sure there's other teams that are going to have to play Tampa just gritting their teeth when they saw that this was coming down. And we'll finish up with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eric Shelgren wins his second as uh, the netminder for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm guessing it's pretty much a guarantee he'll play Saturday against Nashville. Other uh, holes to fill, though, we've talked about um, defensemen. Uh, we've talked about fourth-line forwards as well. What do you think Kyle Dubas does before Monday? Shalgren has given them a chance to breathe for a couple of days. Like That's <laughs> just for everyone to breathe. Yeah, I think he goes for a D. I'm not convinced he's going for a goalie. I don't think he wants to trade his first-rounder. He has a situation where they've traded two of the last three. And, you know, unfortunately, Amarov is, you know, we wish him all the best in, yes. in, in his current situation. But you don't know what his future is going to be, right? So I don't think he wants to trade his first rounder. I don't think he wants to trade his top prospects for a rental. I do think Dermott's going to get traded. I think everybody here realizes it's time for a fresh start team and player. So I think regardless of whatever happens, I think he's getting moved. So I think they're going to try to get one or two D. And I think they're also going to see if they can get a depth forward. It's a hard thing. Like Simmons and Spezza, they're, they're such great pros and they're such great people. 
but I think they feel they need to upgrade the fourth line. You know, one thing I've heard is I think they've been asked about Engvall, and I think they've said no. And it's same for Mikheyev. I think they've been asked about Mikheyev, and I think they've said no. I think they've said, look, like that line this year has been one of their best lines. Why would we do that? So I think Dubas could do a couple D in a forward, and some of it might be moving money around. The only way I think he'd go out and get a goalie is because Joseph Wall got hurt. In the Hershey game, yeah. Yeah, so he might have to get another goalie for that reason, but I don't think he's looking for a number one guy, say. Whew. Okay, there are your 32 teams. Enjoy trade deadline. We're on the air 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, Monday morning. Hope you can join us uh, for part of, if not all, uh, of trade deadline activities. Uh, anything you want to sign off with here, Elliot, is... Uh, You've just used up a lot of oxygen in the room going through 32 teams. Do you have any uh, any oxygen left in your room? I No, and there's no oxygen left in my brain either, Jeff. So, <laughs> I mean, Amal, edit this fast because it's all going to change. Yeah, exactly. We'll get this one out ASAP and we'll let you know this is super cool. Taking us out, St. Catherine's own Alexis on Fire. The guys are back with their first studio album in 13 years, along with 30-plus tour dates over the coming months. I know I'm pumped about this. They're also headlining a four-day festival in their hometown from June 30th to July 3rd, and that features City in Color, Billy Talent, Broken Social Scene, Pop, Sam Roberts, and many, many more. Ticket info is in our show notes. From their upcoming album, Otherness, here's Alexis on Fire with Sweet Dreams of Otherness on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Have a great week. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences... People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host.